0: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast, from TalkSport.
2: This is Paul Hawksby. And
0: Andy Jacobs.
2: And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, we had a bit of a conversation about various things, some of it football. Yeah, because well, we started, it, it was a
3: good weekend of, of it football.
2: Was, it was, it was a good day. weekend of football. Game, so we had a bit of a chat So we that. did that. Then we had... Um, the BAFTAs. Yeah, he talked problem? about that. Haircuts. And um, we were joined by a very interesting guest who has written a a, a fascinating book on the subject. He's a scientist, Adam Rutherford. Yeah, it was interesting. And uh, it is talking about the, the science of racism uh, and with it, well, obviously, with this being talk sport with a focus on sport it was very interesting. There was a beautiful slip of the tongue as well, which we think you 'll enjoy and give you a fantastic mental image. so stay tuned <laughs> for that and also we had don 't ask an eventful don 't <laughs> ask me a topsy turvy roller coaster of a don 't ask me very similar to the Spurs Sydney game yesterday. Yes. But did he get five out of five let 's find out. <laughs>
3: Good everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty exciting game that you saw yesterday. Uh, and <laughs> a, a lot of it was flawed. Yeah, but it uh, it was you know in the end it was a, it was exciting and a good win for Tottenham. I mean, I've, to I've,
2: say. I've not been you know I've, I was fairly open to the idea of, of VAR and everything, and and I'm sure it will iron itself out in the fullness of time. But I mean, I I was I couldn't do anything but flounce as soon as, as soon as two and a half <laughs> minutes went by, <laughs> and then Mike Dean suddenly stopped the game yeah. apropos of nothing because we had nothing on the screens to tell us they were even checking VAR. All we knew is that Mike had done his hand signal, he said he'd got the ball, yeah. so we took that on board and then two and a half minutes later, with nothing on the screens, n- no warning this is going to happen, he suddenly stops the game, blows the whistle and says uh, that was a penalty and I thought, I mean it was I don't, I I'm, did say I'm it not a you, big I... Games Gone merchant but I did feel that there, I thought what's the point of all of this?
3: It's much worse when you're at the match, yeah, I've noticed this, absolutely when, when you have to suffer rather than being at home and also I did feel, I felt that it was going on, so I thought, I'd better text you and let you know what's happening. And, yeah, but then I thought, well, I won't bother because he'll stop yeah, He's bound to know. And after about two minutes, I'm thinking, oh, this is ridiculous, I'm still too late to text. So you were hearing on TV, they were
2: saying, this is being checked, we understand this is being checked by VAR. Was Martin saying that, then, was he, in the commentary? <laughs>
3: well, I don't know. No, they were thinking, they were asking what's happening. They, I really? think they were. So they weren't getting yeah, any pointers it was, either. it was a bit odd. The whole thing was was bad. And, uh, you know, two minutes between the incident and I thought that... I mean, me, uh, Mark Housey and Henry Winter... This is the problem with VAR. We All three of us felt... The one on Sterling was actually a penalty, was yeah. a second penalty in that incident. But other people have said, no, Sterling dived and he should have been booked. So yeah. that is the problem with having VAR for that. It's just somebody's opinion.
2: I think yeah. I think if Sterling had run into Lloris's hands and gone over his hands, I think it would have been a penalty. The fact that he falls over before he actually touches him virtually. Uh, Still, meant, yeah. Meant, I
3: mean, look, I'm no, not saying... No, you can argue. That, no, no, you can argue yeah. it that way you can. But uh, I thought it was interesting. Carl uh, Walker, though, he didn't get booed like he normally is at Tottenham. I, I worked out the fans didn't recognise with a number one <laughs> I think they're him? over
2: it I mean he was I, mean, I was never one for that no, anyway I'm he, he much was much there it. for 10 years and he was brilliant for us. So he was part of one of the best teams I'd seen there in years I don't really see but much it point did, in it that He did really. show
3: the benefit of buying players in, in the window you know Bergwijn had a nice you know he had a decent game but mm. what a goal you know and that's worth three points to Tottenham because you wouldn't have won that game if he hadn't done no. that you know, and I think that's the, you know, and then there was a Danny Higginbottom, who's done a whole thing about Fernandez and saying that what a great player he is and all this stuff. Although I did think that, uh, what's it called, um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was talking about him and saying, oh, he's exactly like uh, Paul Skulls. He's so harping back. He's a bit like um, David Williams in I Was Molly Sugden's Bridesmaid. Okay, yeah, yeah. He always keeps referring back to the United where you know, he was like this player or that player. Think, Get over it, mate. You've got to move forward. hmm. You know, but uh, it does help if you buy players. But I think I take one stat from the weekend that really got me, and this tells you about how what the league standard is like this year. Chelsea have actually only well they've had points in nine of their last thirteen league matches. That means they've only won four yeah. out of their last thirteen, and but they're, they're still, still fourth. fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that say to you? Well, it
2: tells you that the, the people chasing, uh, apart from the ones yeah, who've yeah. got a bit of form, like. Sheffield United and Wolves. Again, I was impressed with Wolves. It wasn't the greatest game Saturday night, but no. Wolves on the ball. They do move. There was that little moment with uh, Raul Jimenez, mm. was he? From a standing start. He has got a burst of pace, hasn't oh, he? Yeah. Just from a standing start. Yeah,
3: Wolves, are, uh, Wolves are my tip to finish fourth because, you know, I think they, they did buy. You're going to think, think well. they're they going to keep it up? Say, I, I mean, they it's they whether would.
2: they they get a bit leggy. I mean, they brought a couple of players in, but they, you know, they did have a, a, a nice long break before
3: Saturday's sh- uh, game and then yeah. the show. It's not a show. It's not a show at all. So. There you go. So, um, I was, um, I, I, I was like in interest- your description of rope a dope, though. It was like that. the Spurs- Well, I did City say,
2: game. I mean, at one point in the game, <laughs> I did send you a message about 10 minutes into the second half saying, No, no sign of George Foreman tiring just yet. <laughs> yeah. Because did look, Spurs did ride their luck massively, and when you know, City play some lovely stuff when they're on the ball, they play some lovely stuff, they, they do. are. Lacking a bit There's of a cutting edge at the moment by the I
3: think the fact that Liverpool have been so fantastic yeah. I think has had a sort of... how do depress- you keep that intensity it has up a when a you know the league's gone? Yeah, yeah, of course. It has a depressive effect. And they really... We'll talk about this with Andy Brussel. You know, Madrid are on a 21-game unbeaten run. Yeah. Is be, and if they don't go through in that tie... Shouldn't even be playing them, really. But if they don't go through in that tie, and
2: the danger is when the intensity drops a little bit, albeit you know, unwittingly, and which I think you're seeing now and again with Mm. City, um, it's hard to pick it up again for the Champions League. And I think we were chatting to Danny Murphy outside about it, weren't we? And you are maybe seeing some players like uh, Bernardo Silva and and Mm. etc. being rested, maybe. So I think he must have an eye on the Champions League.
3: Sterling needs a rest. Ugh, yeah, I mean well, I'm going to get one there. In the last four or five city games I've had the same note in staying not quite as good as he usually is not quite his own self. And mm. you can see and he looks tired and he's making bad decisions and then of course he gets injured
2: We we do worry going into tournaments often, don't we with England in in Euros saying "Oh, you know, the well, the players have had a long mm. hard season. It's two ways of looking at it at the moment. A few of them are going to get a break and they'll be quite fresh by the time the Euros start because they're going to get breaks because of hamstrings and stuff. Or they won't be match up. That's the other way of looking at it. Well, it depends
3: how long it is till they come back. But also, the problem for the English clubs going to the Champions League is because the break is so near to the first Champions League match. Yeah. Like, like Jamie said this morning one of our production guys that he said that you know the first games back in Germany after the winter break are often really dry because mm. the, the teams aren't up to speed. Yeah. So you really are taking a risk and of course the players getting injured we all know this break should have come as I said, it should have come exactly after the Christmas period. Before the FA Cup third round would be much better. For the FA Cup would be much. The better thing for is, though, you're talking be about a,
2: you're talking about a week there. You're talking about a week from uh, that busy Christmas period to the start of the FA Cup. I, as I'd it go stands. two weeks,
3: but or even ten days. And so what?
2: You'd the th- shunt the FA Cup along, yeah. or yeah, because, move the FA Cup along because d- you know they're not going to change the amount of football that's played over Christmas. No, either, no. After
3: this the Christmas thing, and now we're on. So holiday. it would be
2: the second week of January, the third round of the well, that's FA I, Cup.
3: That's what I do. But now the players are going on holiday, of course what's going to happen is that they'll go on holiday yes. you know, so will the paparazzi go mm. with them yeah. so you're going to get loads of photos now from the next week or so players on the beach there yeah. with a drink in their hand oh what's he doing you know so all that. see Jaden Sancho was pictured with a 268 pound uh, gold plated steak when he was yeah. in Dubai uh, no one needs to eat a 268 pound gold plated yeah. steak can I, just I
2: just say <laughs> the way things are going <laughs> at West Ham I, I hazard <laughs> a guess that this is n- probably not the best fortnight for Jack Wilshire to be seen in a by a swimming pool with a fag <laughs> and a bottle no. of Bex, is it really? Um, it wouldn't Kathy be a great no. idea. The
0: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Paul Hawksby right. and Jacobs here on Talksport. been joined in the studio now mm. by uh, Adam Rutherford. Uh, his uh, new book is How to Argue with a Racist History, Science, Race and Reality. Uh, my, was, my
3: first question is Is it possible? You can't argue with a racist because their logic is so enshrined, it's so set in stone that you just look at these people and think, how could you actually even think like this?
1: I think you're right to a certain extent because there are different qualities in, in racism and I do talk a little bit about white supremacists and and neo Nazis who are really. I'm a, I'm a geneticist, I'm a scientist, and they're obsessed with genetics and racial purity. You, I think you're right, though. There isn't much to be done with people like that. But I'm really interested in in people who aren't active, nasty racists, but still might say things which are effectively racist. Sometimes when you're talking about positive attributes, and especially in in sport, yeah, you know, when you if 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 you say that like, African Americans are better at short distance sprinting, because that's what we've seen for the last 40 years. Last time a white man was in the final was Anne Brazil. Alan, Alan Wells. Alan Wells. I'm sorry. you going to be in clips of the week now. <laughs> That'd be
2: good. <laughs> I think Alan, Alan, Alan was more 60 meter hurdles man. I think he was. Oh. Actually, he was as, he, as, happens, as a player, he was when quick. He was young, You're a nips fan. You're no. I am. I am. He, I mean, he probably would have given Alan Wells a decent race. To be honest, he was, was one of. Like, he, I'm from so that era. Now. He was.
1: Yeah, of, he of course. Was <laughs> from that classic team. But isn't that
3: because USA were banned in that Olympics?
1: They boycotted it because it was in Russia, right? So there's no way of knowing whether whether they would have whether they would have whether Alan wells not brazil would have been the winner <laughs> mm. but i guess what the the point being that like if that's your data set if you've been watching if you follow the olympics if you're interested in track and field and you've seen it's it's 58 men have run in the in the uh, 100 meters final since 1980 and they've all been of african descent uh, almost all of them 53 of them have been from the americas so the descended from the enslaved and you look at that and go well look I mean that that looks like a solid data set on which to 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 say well there's something different in fact um you know Michael Johnson my my favorite athlete of all time mm. he actually said that he said he said in the run-up to the 2012 Olympics here he said I thought that it had been my determination all my life but when he learned about his own ancestry from from slavery um, from West Africa he said well maybe maybe we it has been bred into us maybe we do have a superior athletic gene and i remember reading that in 2012 and or watching it on telly and going oh i can, you know how do you deal with this because now you've got a black man an african-american mm. who is one of the greatest athletes of all time saying something which i should be able to answer because this is my mm. field genetics mm. and evolution and he's not right about that and and that's one of the areas i get into in in the book yeah so that's not they- true no, it is the
3: commonly <clears throat> fast twitch muscle and all that thing. That
1: stuff is true. Mm. The question is whether that segregates with a particular race, right? When you say, like, because we make these sort of generalizations, we say African Americans have more fast twitch um, muscle cells, um, which is good for explosive energy sports rather than long distance or endurance mm. sports. The, the, the question of like fast twitch cells in, in muscles in relation to elite athleticism, is true. Every single 100 metres runner uh, at the elite level has far higher concentrations of fast-twitch muscle cells and genes associated with that as well. That's unequivocal. The question is, is that a racial thing or are you actually just selecting for the best athletes already? So you get to a stage where you're like, you have to unpick which bit is biology, which bit is culture. And I, as a geneticist, having looked at the data pretty carefully... Sport is not a level playing field, right? You know, tall people are better at basketball. That's that's a fact. Mm. Yeah. Um, there is definitely a biological <clears throat> advantage to <clears throat> loads of sporting different sports. Some yeah. people are better at some no, sports But that's than what others.
3: makes football such a wonderful sport. That yeah. you, you can be small like Messi or Aguero, or you can be tall like Peter Crouch, but you can have a great career.
1: Exactly, and I think that that's even more amplified in sports where there's such specific positions like rugby um, and, and, you know, we just, we had the Super Bowl last night, yeah. that, that's a, that's a sport where the positions are incredibly divergent in what ethnicities are in those positions. So the running backs tend to be, um, African American, the line, line linesmen are almost all 50, 50 apart from the center position, which is almost always a white man. Now that, that just cannot be biological, mm. In its basis, they, they, you can't look at that those numbers and go, "Oh yeah, the centre position is definitely a, something." European quarterback
3: has changed massively it has. because at one point I remember going to a Super Bowl where Doug Williams was the first black player to quarterback yeah, in, yeah. in a Super Bowl, and it was really unusual. Now, if you look at the top teams, a lot of the top quarterbacks are black.
1: Well, there's been a lot of um, a lot of progress, especially in American football. Mm. Not, I'm not an expert in American football. I had to rely on one of my fellow rugby coaches to. Uh, <laughs> to yeah. to learn learn the stuff with a book on this um but i think there has been a lot of progress in in american football in terms of uh, mm. positive discrimination or, yeah. or mm. just tr- trying to get more um more of the best athletes regardless of of their ethnicity into more positions.
2: Some of the some of the reasoning that people come up with about why sort of African Americans are such great athletes. So you kind of deal with that. You know, some people. Uh, I mean, you also talk about swimming, which is yeah. another area. You talk yeah. about uh, mm-hmm. why we don't see more African American swimmers, black swimmers, and some of that is cultural. You talk about uh segregation as well and things like that that sort of feeds
3: no, into not that. Not to do with low, because you always tell it's to do with low body fat.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and another another common misconception or myth is that uh, people of african descent or african americans have higher density bones now there is an element of truth to that uh, which, which is quite complex and medical but but is that the marginal gain which explains the statistic that the number of black men in the who have ever competed in swimming in in the olympics mm. is one cullum Jones. 2016. That's amazing. Isn't it? Now <laughs> it, it, it cannot be when, when you when you look at when you look at the the, the correlates between why 70 percent of African Americans can't swim. It's a huge number. Three times the drowning rate in children of African Americans than white children. So it's literally lethal. Um, when you look at the strongest correlation, it is not being taught how to swim. And, and I know that sounds such a like ridiculously straightforward thing to say.
3: No, because top level Matthew Side has argued that top level sportsmen need proximity to good training and good coaching otherwise they're never going to develop and the actual natural skill isn't something that really exists according to
1: Matthew's work is 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 reference in the book with with Mm. regards to you know one street in Reading being the best table tennis street in the whole of the UK something special about that street no it's just where the best
3: we're we're running out of time but I just want to It sounds so fascinating I'm going to definitely read this book do modern sensitivities make it harder to discuss these ideas because White people feel so guilty
1: talking about stuff like this,
2: and you're going you're going into areas mm. that could be seen as sort of taboo areas. You're mm. asking difficult questions about genetics and science and race, aren't you? Really?
1: Constable. Yeah. Well, look, I'm a, I'm a scientist primarily, um, which doesn't mean I don't have my own political opinions, and I'm, it, I, it shouldn't be controversial to say that racism is is bad. But it is the science that has that reinforces my view that racism is bad. But I have to you have to be able to state facts. Mm. Because if you're not doing that, then you are in the territory of just being a polemicist and people can legitimately attack you. You know, people are different to each other. We are physically different. We are behaviorally different. Our, our genes are different. But the question is, are those differences meaningful in, in, in reference to how we've traditionally talked about race? And the answer is no. So all of those differences we see are primarily cultural and not biological. Interesting.
2: Um, Adams book <clears throat> excuse me is published by um was it published by Readingfield and Nicholson it's out now it is called how to argue with a racist history science race and reality and, uh, yeah, very interesting. And keep the faith with Ipswich. Bad oh. result of the weekend.
1: but Yeah, um, well, it's not been the greatest season. It's the first time in my life that we've been in the third tier, but um, we'll get there.
0: The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Did you
2: see there was a kind of Gaza, old Gaza Rangers moment in uh, the Swansea game? You know, Rian Bruce there from Liverpool is on loan. Mm. Uh, there and um, the referee dropped his yellow card, and he just had an incident. I think in the game where he felt he didn't get the rub of the green, so he picked up the yellow card. And, and what well, he he only ever used Did he, brandish? he brandished it. He brandished <laughs> no, he the brandished. yellow card to the referee. That's not but, good. But uh, well done. We should uh, we should Jeff uh, uh, Eltringham, who was the referee who had the good sense to laugh. Oh, and, good and man. Not book him, Fantastic. The good. guy up in the SPL deal oh, with yeah, Gazza that all that those was years ridiculous. Ago. Do you yeah.
3: want to hear the worst goal description of the weekend? Go on. Then. And it concerns the uh, equaliser from Harvey Barnes. I think you'll remember it was Deflected a wild deflection, took it over uh, Caballero. Um, So, anyway, Leicester were this was in the Sunday Mirror yesterday. Leicester were level on 53 minutes thanks to a stunning goal from Barnes. (laughs) Yuri Thieleman sent the winger away down the left. Barnes cut inside and thumped a perfectly placed shot into the far (laughs) corner. Hello? (laughs) <laughs> Did you go to the match? <laughs> Maybe he only saw the one angle
2: on it. Goodness sake. He probably only saw the one angle I on do love,
3: I end. also love tabloid previews of, of matches. I like yeah. this one. For example, on Saturday by Tom Barkley said uh, in the Sun, he went, David Moyes has told flops Manuel Lanzini and Sebastian Haller, it's time to get going. Has he? Is he he actually calling the office? All right, lads, it's time to get going. What do you mean by that? I can't expand on it. That's all I'm
2: prepared to say. Do you mean what? Start playing better or to actually leave? I don't know. But it's really. That's what the newspaper said I said, so I said it.
3: Yeah, And, uh, oh, my old friend, the Duke of Kent, he's been quite busy. I think he's had to cut, take the slack as others have left. Yeah, that's right. He's picking up more royal work, isn't he? He is. Yeah. He's the patron of the London Philharmonic uh, Orchestra. This afternoon he attended a performance of Siegfried at the uh, Royal Festival Hall. Of course, he thought it was going to be Siegfried and Roy Emerson. Yeah. <laughs> that's one for the teenagers. That is, yeah, Roy Emerson. You couldn't think of any other tennis players called Roy, could No, you? I couldn't really. Okay. He was in the Wimbledon. Now, once player, again, Andy,
2: I, I say to you, I think you're missing out. On a on a, a on a rich source of income, <laughs> oh, am I? an alternative income okay, stream. Okay, then, mm. because Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington oh, yeah. uh, apparently is charging up to four hundred and seventy-five pounds to meet him and have a photo <laughs> and an <laughs> oh, autograph. For goodness' sake! He played Jon Snow, of course, in Game of Thrones. You can go. And have r- a, yeah, come You can have a dining and fan experience with him in London and uh, Birmingham. If you want a picture with one person with Kit, it's two hundred and fifty. But he only does a hundred of those, so mm. he's not going to. He's going to stand there and kind of <laughs> grin, uh, only one hundred times, <laughs> thinking all the time of the money, uh, and so. But there are seventy-five two people shoots. For which he charges four hundred and seventy-five. So you, say. you and a mate, you can have a kit sandwich. Uh, put, I don't know if he puts his arms around you, whether he won't do that. I don't know. I'm not sure, really. But then but, Kit stands there, and you, he grins and, and he. Uh, what Game of Thrones? jazz yes, tripping, wasn't it? ching <laughs> um.
3: Surely doesn't need the money. I've got a lovely segue from that story though oh, to yeah. this story, uh, talking of uh, pictures in with Kit. Oh yeah. Uh, West Ham fans had to proved that they were true supporters of the club by uh, wearing selfies in a photo and sending in... If they wanted to buy tickets, not their fault, actually, because Liverpool fans were trying (laughs) to buy tickets in the home areas. So the club had to make sure that only West Ham fans got them. So if you wanted a ticket for last week's game, according to the papers yesterday... You had to wear a, send a photo in of you in a West Ham kit. Right. Do you I mean, think Liverpool yeah. fans would have mates who support West Ham? <laughs> That's what they? I they thought. Can I borrow your shirt, mate? I want to get a ticket for the game.
2: I thought it would be an element of that. Now, really. this was incredible. Just very quickly, this happened <laughs> in Healdsburg, California. A leaky tank spilled 46,000 gallons of red wine into a river in Healdsburg. And sorry, I'm just being told by the producer that Coming live breakfast show, <laughs> breakfast shows. Must do a They've show. They've switched from there. it. It's coming. Him and Ray Parler. They're coming. <laughs> the same thing around Waitrose, right <laughs> wasn't it? In the Canary Wall. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it will be like Alan with uh, the sad news. It will be like the old gag <laughs> when the sad news today that uh, we lost Alan Brazil on that outside broadcast
3: <laughs> in uh, Healdsburg. Of course, he got out three times to go to the toilet. Of <laughs> course, he did. Yeah. Anyway, uh, more bad news for Talkie, as John will know, our yeah. producer. Uh, they went down two-one to Barrow they and did. Well, uh, table-topping Barrow. The high-flying bar, right Wasn't that's true game. but they're getting game. a bit they're all right at the moment they're still uh eight points from uh the bottom three but they need to watch themselves i'd say there yeah. john i'm sure well, you're getting slightly you got more to
2: add
3: than that just well i'm just i'm concerned for him i like okay. to i like to sort of bring you news of that and also at oh, the blimey. in the women's we super go. Oh, yeah. oh i thought we had time quarter six what's matter with you man
0: the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksbury-Jacobs
2: uh, here on Talk Sport. Well, uh, in his post-match comments after uh, burnley nil, arsenal nil, Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal uh, manager, said that uh, he felt that the um, the grass was a little bit long. He said conditions were difficult. The grass uh, was long and they didn't water the pitch. He even said, we kind of
3: expected they wouldn't water the pitch, mm. so we trained on a slightly but, drier pitch the Bobby day before. Bobby says that the pitches have to be of regulation. They should not exceed 30 millimeters. So, basically, Burnley couldn't leave it longer than... Legally, the, the length that's legally allowed. OK, well, look, let's get some insight into this. Uh, Dave uh, Sortman uh, is uh,
2: from pitchcare.com. We often turn to Dave uh, on matters like this. He's also a groundsman at Shrewsbury Town. I mean, we'll come on to that shortly. But, Dave, good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon, chaps.
2: Yeah, we'll start with this. I mean, we're, we're, we're finding out that there is a kind of regulation length. Is there any leeway um, from a... a if, if the manager says to the groundsman... Leave, a, leave it a little bit longer a day for us, Dave.
4: Well, there will be a bit of leeway, but I don't see that they've got much leeway in January unless uh, uh, they've had a mini heat wave up in the <laughs> northwest the last couple of weeks, so I don't know about. But, you know, I mean, we've been cutting our pitch you know, fairly regularly the last few weeks with the games and probably a dozen mowing operations. I doubt if we've had a box of grass between all of them. So you know, there will be very little and I'd I'd noticed, I looked at the highlights of the Burnley game um, and I didn't notice there was anything untoward about the length of the pitch.
3: Surely they all use grow lights though now, don't they? So does that still apply?
4: Well they do, you know, and um, there's certainly a little bit more growth um, under the lamps, they work you know, they keep grass growing but um, not to the the extremes that you would see in uh, sort of spring, autumn growing conditions and you know, we've got growing lights, again, at Shrewsbury Town, but, you know, there's a little bit more growth in the goal mouse where we tend to concentrate them, but uh, nothing significant and certainly nothing, you know, if you look at the, the players on... Sunday and look at the, the length of grass against their boots. I didn't notice anything. You know, we're talking, you know, small fractions. Uh, you know, a mil, maybe a couple of millimeters. Nothing that would detract from the game. And
0: what
2: about the water? This idea that the pitch wasn't watered the day before, and that feeling. I mean, how much leeway does a does a manager maybe come into a groundsman saying, you know, don't give it a water today? Is that does that go on?
4: Well, again, you know, the, there is, you know, there is a, a, a you know, an allowance to. to um, you know, play within the rules, and but, you know, looking at the forecast, you know in the northwest, you know it wasn't 28 degrees and bright sunshine. It was wet and windy, and you know the groundsman probably did water the pitch. But it rained, from what I can see in the forecast, you know through Saturday into Sunday, and there was certainly rain given, you know even to the game. So you know the groundsman may well have watered, but. It was windy, so you know these pitches they drain very, very quickly. And um, you know if it was windy, then the water probably evaporated whatever was left on the leaf anyway.
3: What do you make of it when managers do blame the groundsman? You know it is it is a cheap excuse, isn't it? Really, in general.
4: Well, you know it's um, typical, isn't it? It's spawns straight out of the league manager's handbook of excuses, which. You know, in fairness, is probably only slightly smaller book than the groundsman's book of excuses. But, <laughs> Very good. You know, we, we've all got excuses. I just think in this day and age, you know, particularly with the premiership, you know, where all of the pitches are reinforced, they're all pretty much deso, So they're all ma- uh, maintained in, in in much the same way that, you know, the pitch is not an excuse. It shouldn't be an excuse. And yeah. when you look at the highlights and see some of the misses from the players. You know, you can blame the pitch for any of them.
2: You had uh, Liverpool at your place as a Shrewsbury groundsman the other week. What did did they make of your surface when they played on?
4: Uh, Well, I asked our manager, Sam Ricketts, uh, afterwards, and he said the only person he heard complain about it was uh, Mr Klopp. Uh, Understandably, probably, but... um... Uh, No, the lads liked it. They thought it was, um, you know, as good as it could be at that time of year. And it was flat, and they were allowed to play football. And on the night, they managed to do that very well, didn't they? Yeah, that's
2: right. I mean, this thing, this this whole thing of the
3: pitch being a leveler. You're saying um, it
4: it must, but it even
3: shouldn't be, should it? Because if you've got more skills, if you're playing on a horrible pitch, in the old days when they played, the players who had that those skill, you know, could do those skills. Yeah, but they're not used Thrive. to it. I mean, this yeah, is what well, Ole Gunnar
2: Solskjaer was saying, Dave, wasn't it, the other day when they played uh, Tranmere, and they, they kind of coped with it pretty well. But young players have just been used to all these Desso pitches, have been used to sort of billiard tables, and it's a bit of a shock when you've got one that's a bit bumpy with divots everywhere.
4: Well, I understand that. You know, with the lad's going to Tranmere, you know, and um, for whatever reasons, Tranmere have got serious problems this year. But... Um, you know it is the same for both teams and uh, you know whether the players want to play on it or not it's the same you know and you know the better team should still come out on top shouldn't they that's what I think
2: Uh, yeah so will you get to Anfield will you are going to be going along
4: uh, I'm not going to go wife and kids uh, prevent me going but um, if uh, we get through I might venture down to uh, Stanford Bridge
2: oh okay that'll be fun yeah (laughs) well good to talk to you Dave as always thanks very much
4: No, thank you. Cheers now. Dave knows they've got a chance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fancy the giant kid. Dave (laughs) all from pitchcare.com. So there we are. It's all got to be a sort of Um, standard. Yes. Really. So I don't know what uh, he was on about by the sound of it. So there we are. Did you, Andy, you might have a second to give us a Ooh. bit of gold. You oh, might have a second well, to give us a bit yeah, of gold a bit of from of the gold. BAFTAs.
3: Uh, a bit of, yes, I find uh, the that this idea that the women said, they made a big point about saying that a lot all the actresses were wearing dresses that they'd worn before and this was somehow going to be beneficial to the environment. You know, yeah, that's going to make all the difference, honestly. <laughs> Really, we Every know that. Helps, as I believe. We know. Look, when I was watching the the games this weekend and being played in spring weather at the end of January, and you think, well, there there is a point to all this, you know. The, the, it really is weird the weather at the moment. There is no question, and uh, and so that. But something needs to be done. But I'm not sure that is the is the answer. But there you go. Never mind. It's just little small increments. I mean, maybe mm. one of those
2: actresses owns a, a power station in China. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly
4: is involved seems, in heavy industry. Seems very, very unlikely. In a country
3: with a fairly what, cavalier attitude towards climate change. That's <laughs> what I did discover this weekend. I never knew about because uh, the BBC came in some criticism on mm. Radio Four for, for a very rude play. It was ten forty a.m. and it had some very strong themes in it. Right. And I've heard stuff on Radio Four during the day, and thinking, I mean, that's a bit strong." There is no watershed in radio. Is that The right? watershed only applies to television. So Basically, we can say what we like. We, that's I, not I mean, trim.
1: yeah, I, I, that's not uh, producer looking a bit alarmed next time.
3: I'll tell you what I really think of him.
4: Yeah,
2: okay, blimey, that's
3: a lot of swearing.
2: Anyway, stick around. He, he may go, he may go rogue, rogue over the next half hour. If he loses, don't ask me.
3: Yeah, yeah, if I do. That. Let us swear it out. I won't mind. Okay. Well, well, I mean, right, if I, I, if I on, yeah. lose, could be his last show. Put your money on that. <laughs> Good.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's coming up shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport.
1: Don't ask me to leave it out.
2: Here we go, then. Five questions yes. based on last week's. Come on, don't shirt. get the first one wrong like you do every week. <laughs> Try not to. Uh, we spoke about the um, Super Bowl the other day. Brandon oh, yeah. Flowers That'll joined us, the ball, yeah. uh, former American footballer, played with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, his namesake, of course, Brandon Flowers, yeah. is the front man of which band? For
3: goodness, that's not a memory thing. Yes,
2: it is. We talked about no, it.
3: Brand- I know he's a singer, but I mean... I don't it was Friday and I, I said, it uh, is a memory
2: thing. We talked about it. We said, now, you, your namesake is the lead singer of a band uh, called the... No idea. OK, The Killers. The Killers,
3: fine. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, can... I wouldn't have counted that as a, as a test of memory. <laughs> that was just a moment in a conversation. That's a bit harsh.
2: Isn't yeah. that the nature of this whole no, thing? it's a bit
3: harsh, that, I'd say. When you say to me, who was the fool's panel? Okay. Yeah, but that's well, that's about, a legitimate question. If I give you question. an alternative one, no, I think
2: that's who, a jo- harsh. who joins us every Friday to go for a week of sport on TV? <laughs> Martin Kell. Okay, well, that, <laughs> that's more to your <laughs> liking. We'll keep going until we get five you like. Who's the guy you do with, do, do the show with regularly? <laughs> <laughs> Sam show, Avery joined us, he's a comedian, Avery, he's doing yeah. a show called Toddler Geddon, he was here on Thursday, yes, he, he which was. team does he support? Oh, he's a
3: Liverpool fan, I but remember.
2: surely him telling
3: us that was just a moment in a conversation <laughs> no, wasn't it? it's because he was sitting here for half an hour and he had a Liverpool accent it, wasn't, well, it could have been a Liverpool, Liverpool fan. One moment in a conversation. Paul
2: Watson joined us and during a moment yes. in the conversation <laughs> told us <laughs> yeah. which disenfranchised people he is supporting with their own uh, FA, FA car.
3: Can you remember who it was? Oh, it begins with R. Oh, it does. Is, is it Rwanda? No, is, it's is, not. Is it? No. In, uh, oh, re... I've contributed to the charity, I shouldn't know. Goodness <laughs> sake. It was, no, no. no. It was the Rohingya people who oh, got
2: their got FA that. Cup that in Bangladesh. A, that is an error of memory. Okay, fair enough. The Collins Cup. Somebody's given away two million quid for the Collins Cup. Uh, we spoke about yeah. it on Tuesday. In which sport? The Collins Cup. It's called the Collins Cup. Sir Michael Moritz has put up oh, the two million Cup. quid yes. for it. What
3: sporting? Oh, Sorry. We talked about it. This is talk sport. Uh, the Collins <laughs> Cup. Sir Michael Moritz. Yeah. Is it skiing? It's triathlon,
2: Andy. That's this right. has not been a good day for you. <laughs> and we spoke about a new ecclesiastical football team last Monday. What uh, are they called?
3: Yes. They were called, the Ecclesia. they're playing the Vatican. Yeah, they are. They are. There's the the Church of England team. They're they're the cathedral team.
2: He's gone. He's gone for all money now. Archbishop of Canterbury FC. Oh, yeah. Not a great day. (laughs) Not a great (laughs) day. How could you forget that? (laughs) (laughs) Give us an A. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Uh, Andy, brilliant today! Tremendous work there.
1: It could be a new feature though—moment in conversation.
2: Just a, mo- yeah, work a on moment, that, yeah. A moment in conversation yeah. with Andy Jacobs. That would be a very short <laughs> chat show. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. So yeah, not a, it. I think really your head had gone by the end of Don't Ask Me. You knew Archbishop <laughs> tell, of Canterbury. I'll tell you, you what the worst thing about gone.
3: doing Don't Ask Me yeah. is having Adrian Durham staring at you,
2: <laughs> willing me
3: to be rubbish.
2: And then he does. He does come in and then
3: absolutely mm. uh, heckling me after.
2: You're, you're he does. <laughs> <laughs> He does. Yeah, he comes in extra early on a Monday, so I he can sit there and look at you. He loves it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. anyway. We'll do it all again next week. Uh, comedy writer, uh, QPR fan, Ian Morris joins us tomorrow to chat about his new sitcom. He was the, one of the co-creators of The In Inbetweeners.
0: We'll see you tomorrow from 1. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport.